Hello, my name is David, the host of the podcast Navigating Hollywood. I'm here to gather experts on how we as artists can navigate through the business. I hope you receive as much value as me with our honored guest. Thank you for listening. Hello, I am with Miss Leslie LePage here. She is a film consultant, and we're going to discuss the film festival. So how are you doing, Miss Leslie? I'm doing fine. How are you? Doing good. Thank you for asking. So for the film festivals, how does the film festival system work, and what's what's the purpose for them? <laughs> well, I mean, it can be used twofold. If you are a filmmaker and you want to get noticed, you would go through the film festival circuit, such as putting your short or your feature or your documentary so that you can uh, be seen and validated by the film festivals and the populace that attend the film festival, saying, oh my gosh, this is an amazing filmmaker, this is a great product. But then also for the long form um, creators for feature docs, feature uh, narrative, uh, feature films, you know, the film festival circuit is used as a way to get in front of distribution people or uh, acquisition distribution entities that can pick up the film and distribute that so that you can make money. There's real, there's really no uh, money per se in the field of short content. There are a few outlets, but not uh, enough really for the short filmmaker to get their money back. Mm. So it's either one to get noticed, to be validated, to be seen as a uh, producing content creator that has talent, or to get your content distributed. That's the long-range goal. That, that, that's a very interesting point, how you mentioned like it's all about getting the exposure and stuff. So how, how do you leverage um, your film, or particularly shorts, in the, in the festival circuit? So how do you leverage the short? You mean leverage as in once you get into a film festival, how do you take that and get into yeah. other film festivals? Or how do you get noticed from that one time or two times that you've gotten into a film festival? So let's say I put it in a small festival mm -hmm. and it it gets some traction. Right. Do you, do you go up the ladder with it or? Yeah. I mean, you know, no one wants you until they want you. <laughs> So uh, once you're accepted into one film festival and you have that laurel on your promotional material, it becomes easier to be selected for other film festivals because you've been validated by one. Um, you know, how you spin that is utilizing those laurels from those film festivals or those wins, if you won, and putting that onto your poster art, your key art, putting this into your press releases, putting this into your cover for your DVD that you're submitting uh, to the other film festivals, and uh, sending them an email, um, letting them know and informing them that you just got selected for uh, another film festival. That usually ups your presence within that selection committee who is selecting for that film festival. But also what you can do is once you are in a film festival, that's your opportunity to start creating press about yourself, press about your talent and or the film or documentary that you're doing or your short. And you could utilize that press and that validation of being put into the film festival to help secure an agent or manager if you don't have one. 
If it's a long form, you can utilize that festival entry that you were selected in to help secure financial distribution. So it, it works really on the how you utilize that leverage. Um, press releases, getting articles written about yourself, um, getting a Google presence validated by these, and then taking that laurel and that win from that one film festival and promoting that to the subsequent film festivals you're entering into. So basically, from, from what I'm getting out of this, um, th- there, there's a hierarchical structure in the film festival. So like the top is Sundance, Cannes, and South by Southwest. Those are like the top tier. But then there's also smaller and smaller ones. So so what small battles can they can they win because like you have to like submit it and then they accept it or not so is there any like smaller film festivals that you could just apply to and then you get in instantaneously or well there is a hierarchy for film festivals yes you have your a list a list film festivals your b your c your d level uh, film festivals and depending on your content if it's appropriate to submit to those A-list film festivals, then yes, go ahead and do so. But not all the films that are being created are appropriate for submitting to those A-list film festivals. So what I say is you have to really look at your film or your short or your documentary as its own entity. And you then have to say to yourself, okay, realistically, does this match the A-level um, film festivals? And if so, which ones? And only those I will submit this to. Then you go down to the B, C, D level and you pull a list together that focuses on those festivals that you think will have a higher likelihood of selecting that particular genre film that you created. Out of those, um, is there one festival out there that selects everybody? You know, there's 3,000 film festivals out there worldwide on any given year. So I can't answer that. But what I can do is tell you from a marketing standpoint, you have to be selective on who you're submitting your um, content to. And I always say look for the film festivals that are five years old or older because they've been around for a while and they have a reputation and they're going to uh, be around hopefully into the future. The one to five year um, numbered festivals, the ones that have only been there for the first year or second year or third year, fourth year, those are um, may or may not last past that five year mark. And they may be more hungry to bring in content and select content because they may not be getting as many um, entries as those other festivals that are larger. So could you look at that as a marketing potential and say, well, I'm going to allocate some of my money for entry fees to festivals that are one, two, year, two three, four years old because I might have a better chance, sure, you can do that. That's definitely a strategy. Um, but I always advise it's better to get a 
um, Laurel from a festival that's five uh, a festival that is five years old or older than one that's younger because it means more, it has more weight. Uh, because I was about to ask you, um, what do you look for in a film festival? But it seems like you covered at least like three quarters of that already. So, so what are some other variables can you look for in a film festival? Because I know um, there's a lot of film festivals that have certain genres. Mm-hmm. So like a scream fest. Yeah, I mean, if I'm doing a horror psychological thriller, horror slasher, slasher psychological thriller, or any combination thereof, I would definitely hone my marketing money, the money I'm going to spend for entry fees, to festivals that specialize in that. And I would look at Scream Fest, and I would look at other horror festivals worldwide that um, have good history and legacy and submit to those festivals. I would not necessarily take a horror slasher slasher thriller creature feature or any combination thereof to a family film festival. Like, why would you submit it to a family film festival? But filmmakers sometimes make those mistakes because they they look at it and, and think, oh, but my film is so great, I'll submit it to this festival that's been in existence for 20 years. But mm-hmm. you have to understand festivals um, come in all shapes and sizes, and they too have things that they pick more so over than others. And if you have a psychological thriller, horror, slasher, slasher, creature, feature, whatever, that wouldn't match with a family film festival. But then a, a content that you created for a family film festival wouldn't match with that Scream Fest mm. either. So you have to be a smart filmmaker on the business side and on the marketing side of looking at what you created and how to get it out there. So it's not just blitzing the market and crossing your fingers to see if you make it. There's uh, a lot, These filmmakers actually pinpoint strategies because I... I personally prefer doing action slash adventure films. So that's just personally what I like to do. So I won't just go to Scream Fest all of a sudden. Like, it's not about just throwing your film out there. It's about picking and choosing because it does cost money to get into these uh, film festivals, correct? Yeah. I mean, the most of the film festivals have an entry level of $30 and go all the way up to $150 per entry to submit. So if you're spending that kind of money, then yes, you should target your marketing and figure out which film festivals you would have a better chance of being selected to than those that you wouldn't. And you can always try the uh, bubblegum on the wall theory, which is just you splatter it out there and see if it sticks. But then you're going to be wasting a lot of money doing that and a lot of energy. Whereas if you take the time and hone your list and figure out where the best placement for your content is, you'll have a better striking percentage than you would if you didn't. Hmm. So, right, it's just kind of picking what battles fit in your realm, essentially. That's really what yeah. it comes down to. Yeah, which festivals are going to be a good match for you. I like that. But what if now, what if you go to a festival, film festival? And you have nothing to offer on the table. What What's the purpose of you if you don't have anything? Let's say you're new to L.A., you're going to this festival, you have nothing to offer. Well, what, what do you do there? Well, you're a filmmaker, and you're in that film festival, so you have something to offer. 
Mm-hmm. You have content to show. That is something to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, you have your talent. You are trying to seek and get an agent or a manager or contacts in that city that you're screening in. So you do have something to offer because you are and have the ability to make content. Um, But you have to learn how to market yourself and work a film festival. Staying in the corner and not talking to anybody at a mixer for a film festival that you are screening at is not the right choice. You have to put it out there. You have to put yourself out there. You have to talk and uh, mix and mingle and find out who's there and get their cards and stay in contact with them. Because at some point down the line, if you do stay in contact with these people and become friends, hopefully, or at least colleagues or acquaintances, they will and may help you along the way if you need to get to somebody that they may know. So you have to learn how to work the system and work the film festivals. Um, Going to a film festival, you also have to promote Uh, your film so that you can help the film festival fill seats for your screening. You know, the obligation of a film festival isn't about filling seats for your screening. It's about filling seats for the entire festival at all the screenings. And some will be more populated than others, and some may not have anybody there because the filmmaker hasn't done their job on promoting their screening and they need to learn how to do that. They need to contact vloggers and bloggers and influencers and um, magazines and newspapers and local press in that city that they're having their screening. Associations that they may be able to bring in because of the content of their film to populate and get bodies in the seats because with that audience um, comes wins, meaning there's some festivals that offer audience uh, wins, you know, audience-selected wins. Some have committees that choose it, and if a film has great word of mouth because they had a great screening, that might change a point of view of a judge. So for... For the sh- uh, for strategies in the film festival, with are are they different within shorts as they are in features? Because a short is not really a money maker; it's a showcase. Whereas a film, like a feature length film, you probably want to get some money out of that. So, uh, how would you strategize those two different films? Well, a uh, short you're using as a calling card, hopefully to get um, an agent or a manager, somebody to see that you have potential as talent, or maybe you're using that short as a sizzle reel to raise money for the long-form version of that short. Mm -hmm. So there's those strategies. And for a feature, the strategy is you're trying to get it sold. So you need to have good screenings, good word of mouth, um, laurels in your pocket, that's wins, or at least being selected for substantial film festivals, so that you can present this in a marketing, uh, visual marketing presentation to distributors, asking them to take your film on and sell it. And if they see that you've had a lot of good word of mouth, good articles, uh, nice screenings, you've been in good, solid film festivals, and not just A-list 
film festivals, you know, solid BC film festivals, then they will most likely take that film on and distribute it. So it'll give you an opportunity to make your money back on that budget. Now, do like there's at at the festivals if you have a short, do people sometimes pick that up if it's like a sizzle reel or proof of concept? Do do some distributors say like, hey, we want a feature of that? How often does that happen? <laughs> um, uh, to my knowledge, never. Um, could it happen? Sure, but that's really not the job of the distributors. They're not looking at shorts, saying, oh my gosh, that's such an amazing short. Uh, you know, we'll fund or we'll pick up the feature if you ever make it. Mm. Um, that that conversation usually doesn't happen. But what you are using that short for, if it's a sizzle reel or a proof of concept, mm. is to gain interest for investors, mm. production companies or investors, to come in and fund that project. And that does happen. And that's being utilized more and more uh, through the festival circuit over the last five years. They're using um, content creators and filmmakers are using the sizzle reel and the shorts as proof of concept for their long form, saying, "See, look, this is what it looks like, feels like, tastes like. Mm. This is the the story. We have a long form. We want money for. Mm-hmm. You know, come in as one of our investors to take this to long form, mm. because we've won twenty five film festivals, twenty film festivals. So we know that the the topic is." good and appropriate and desirable by audiences. So what's the difference within using that sizzle reel for like the festivals? Like what are the different outcomes of putting that sizzle reel or proof of concept into a film festival versus let's say the American film market, for example? Well, uh, it would be twofold. You should do both. Definitely utilize that proof of concept or sizzle reel for the film festivals to look for investors and to show the investors that there is a desire on audiences to see this. And then if you were to take this short and walk around a market, whether it's AFM or con, you would utilize that to illustrate to potential people you're talking to on the value of this in the audience standpoint. So, hey, this is a great looking short that we have a feature based off of this. Now we're looking for money for this. So you can walk around AFM and look for investors. I would do both. For, um, for like, since there's so many film festivals out there that you probably have to send it across the nation or depending on the scenario, the world, do you have to go to every single film festival? Mm. You mean attend every single film At- festival attend. that you that you have been invited to? Yes. Um, it's always good to. Um, don't get me wrong. Uh, if you can afford to fly out to Japan and Australia and and New York to do so, then do it. Yes. But if you can't, don't yank your film just because you can't attend. There's so much you can do while you're in the U.S. if your film is being screened in Australia. You can still contact vloggers. You can still contact associations. You can still contact local press. You can do all of that from the U.S. and give the film festival the opportunity to screen your film. 
which means you get the laurel. You get the validation of being screened at that film festival. Just because you didn't go doesn't mean it's less valuable. Just means you weren't able to attend that. So do things wherever you are to help populate those seats. But don't ever, ever, ever yank your film just because you can't attend the film festival. Because one, the film festival will remember this and they'll never invite you back. Two, it, it, doesn't, it does you a disservice because you don't get the use of their laurel. You don't get the validation of being in that festival. And three, there's always something you can do. Maybe not as aggressive as if you were there in the city during your screening, but there's always something you can do. There's always press you can create. There's always articles and people that write articles um, regarding your screening, wherever it may be. So don't neglect that just because you may not have the finances to physically go to Guam or Brazil for your screening. Because I feel like when I'm not suggesting you know, yanking the the film out of there. I think that's an arbitrary idea because that's you it know, happens all the time. Really? Yeah, filmmakers get selected for a film festival, decide that they can't afford to come, and then they'll yank the film from that film festival, which I always find is completely ludicrous. Why? Oh yeah. Why? Why would they do something? Because like filmmakers that? sometimes don't, you know, don't think about the the grand scheme of it and don't understand that. Even if they're unable to attend, the validation of that laurel from that film festival is still worth it. Yeah, because that's what I would think from a logical standpoint. It's like you're still putting your film out there, and maybe there's a way to hand out your contact info where it's like maybe the film festival secretaries, um, if that if they exist, it might have your contact, and an agent might be there be like, I like it, what is it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if an agent or a manager or distribution person sees your product in a film festival and you're not there because you're in London and this is in Los Angeles, the film festival absolutely will, will either contact you and ask your permission to, to give that person your information or will connect the dots via an email or will you know get their information and have you contact them there's all different sorts of ways they work that the goal of the film festival is is getting you distributed and getting you picked up by an agent or manager at least that should be uh, not all film festivals are like that um, the good ones are because if they do that then then they were the impetus for helping you start your career and that means you're going to come back to them. So, you know, at my film festival, we do that. We want you to succeed. We want you to get noticed. We want you to be picked up. Because if you get picked up, then we've helped you along the way. And you're going to remember that and come back to us. That's why we have such a great reputation. So uh, what's your film festival to our audience? Oh, our, my film festival is the La Femme International Film Festival, www.lafemme.org. And we support women writers, producers, and directors. Doesn't mean that the boys can't play. means <laughs> that a girl has to be in one of those key positions to submit. Okay. Well, well that's very... Uh... That's a very good thing to have is, um, you know, a certain demographic as for a film festival. That's a very smart thing. 
Yeah, I mean, we launched in 2005. We're going into our 15th year, and, um, you know, we were supporting women before it was cool. Of course. <laughs> we got bloodied. We got bloodied up against the wall way before anyone else was getting bloody or uh, walking through the wall. Oh, there. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> anyway, here's my final question mm-hmm. because we're wrapping up. Any any advice for upcoming filmmakers in this business? <laughs> it's that's, a, that's a very large question. So do you, um, you want to narrow that for me? <laughs> advice in, in, in what? In festivals? Well, just in general. Like, and, and what's, what's the most important thing that filmmakers need to know in this business? Yeah, don't let no stop you because everyone's going to tell you no. And everyone's going to tell you you can't get it done. And everyone's going to tell you you're too short, too fat, too old, too young, too inexperienced, too much experience. Whatever the excuse is, they're going to tell you that it can't be done. And if you listen to the no's, then they win and you lose. And as creators, you can't listen to the no's. You have to make yeses and you have to create yeses and um, not let the no stop you. Beautifully said. Well, Leslie, thank you so much for your time. Uh, you brought a lot of valuable information to our podcast. No problem. All right. All right. Thanks for listening.